name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is risen. Um, today's gospel uh, is the gospel, as we read, the, the gospel of the Samaritan woman. Do you know how many times we read it in the church uh, on Sundays? Anyone? Someone got it but with fingers. Can someone tell me? Three. Do you know when? Well, today's one. Thank you. <laughs> Fourth Sunday of the Great Lent, and the third one? It's a little harder. On Pentecost, uh, during the prostration prayers, the third prostration prayer, we read this gospel. And so there's a link between all three. But today, I want to look at uh, the power of the resurrection in our lives and the link between this reading and the Samaritan woman. Because during the, the Holy 50 days, the church gives us uh, many spiritual lessons through the uh, scriptural readings that it's focused on. All the readings are focused on bringing us joy and giving us or speaking about eternity and giving us some of the keys that help us uh, or, or lead us to eternal life. Um, and so the readings are there so that when we read them and we meditate on them, they give us a desire to, to, to inherit eternal life and to struggle as the saints that came before us struggled. The saints and the martyrs and the defenders of the faiths and the, the ascetics and, and so on, all those people who came before us who struggled for the sake of the kingdom, they struggled because they had faith and hope in the power of the resurrection and they knew its effect in their lives and they knew that after this life something greater comes. Um, and so today, I'm going to look at just a, a few quick points um, in, in the gospel that, that are linked to the resurrection. The first thing we see, Christ goes out to meet this woman, this Samaritan woman, at the sixth hour. What does the sixth hour remind us of? Christ on the cross. So Christ on the cross, so that comes to mind. Christ died on the cross, and he's there on the sixth hour. So, so... He goes there at the sixth hour to remind us of the cross. Christ dies on the cross. And water reminds us of what? Baptism, right? And so baptism is the, you know, the water reminds us of baptism and the cross reminds us of death, the death of Christ. And St. Paul tells us in Colossians 2 that we are buried with him in baptism. And so in baptism, we die with Christ and we rise again. Saint uh, Gregory of Nyssa, um, he said, the waters of baptism are for us both a tomb and a mother. It's a tomb in the sense that we go there and we die. We die with Christ in baptism. And in that very same instant, we rise with him. And so the waters of baptism give birth. It becomes a mother. It gives birth to children of God. And so a new person is born uh, in the waters of baptism. And so Christ at the sixth hour points to this work of baptism in our lives, and he's pointing to this in that the water, she says to her, he who drinks from this water will never thirst. He's never going to have to drink from it again. The water that we never have to go back into again is the waters of baptism. We never have to be baptized a second time. And so it is <coughs> baptism uh, that, that he's pointing at here. And then he says it's living water. When we think of of a, uh, like if we think of a dead person and, a, and a, uh, a person that's alive next to the dead person, what distinguishes the, the dead person from the live person? 
it is the spirit that is in him, right? The spirit still dwells in the, the person who's still alive. And so the living water points to it having the spirit of God. And so again, water and spirit. And, and, and that's what he told Nicodemus in, in the Gospel of John when he tells him uh, he has to become, unless we become children again. And then he refers to being born again by water and spirit, which is baptism, which is this living water. And so um, the first thing that, that we can link between the, the meeting of Christ at the well with the Samaritan woman and the power of the resurrection is that through baptism, we, we begin to acquire that power of the resurrection. The effects of the resurrection take place in our lives and we begin to live as sons and daughters of our Lord, uh, of our God. And that's why today in the procession, during the procession of, of the resurrection, as we're saying Christ is risen, we had a baptism this morning and, and uh, Leah was processed with the icon of the resurrection. Because that's, that's how it was in the church before. Now, usually, you know, when it's not the Holy 50 days, we have the procession at the end of the liturgy and we celebrate the baptism of the child. But it started off being that the child is processed with the icon of the resurrection because they have died and rose with uh, our Lord Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. The second thing in the story of the, the Samaritan woman that I want to focus on a little more is it's, it's a story of repentance, a beautiful story of repentance. And Christ goes to her. He goes out of his way. It says he had to go through Samaria, but he didn't really have to. There are many other ways. And the Jews, like it says, had no dealings with Samaritans. So he didn't have to go there. But he sought to go there because he wanted to transform this lady. And he went there. And when they're talking together and, and he tells her, he, the creator of water, tells her, give me water. He tells his creation, give me something that I can already provide for you. He puts himself kind of at her mercy so that he can have a conversation with her. And once he begins that conversation, then he's able to, to, to help that transformation in her life. And so he tells her, give me water. And then they have that whole conversation. And at the end, he says to her, um, he who drinks of, of this living water that I give will never thirst. And so she says, give me this water that I, I may never have to come here again. She's, she's traveling to get water on a daily basis. She doesn't want to have to struggle. So she wants rest. And Christ at that very moment switches the conversation and he says, go call your husband. Why did he do that? They're talking about water and living water. And all of a sudden he switches to go call your husband. She's looking for rest. She's saying, give me this water that I may rest. And he's saying to her, if you want rest, you will not get it unless you realize what you're doing. If you want rest, you will not find it in, in the pleasures that you're seeking outside. If you want rest and relief, then you must stop sin. And it is with us. It is with us too. If we want rest in our lives, if we want peace in our lives, then we must separate ourselves from sin. And the fathers, uh, in, in when, they're, in when they comment on this passage, they say that the five husbands represent the five senses. And so we seek pleasure through the five senses. And we use these five senses and none of them really satisfy. And because none of them satisfy, like in her story, she wasn't satisfied with the five. And then she had one who was not her husband. And this, the fathers also say, this is kind of like uh, once we're not satisfied with the senses, then 
we, we turn to our mind and our thoughts and our bodies instead of the senses. And even that does not satisfy. So the ego and all that doesn't satisfy. And so Christ says, look at yourself. I'm here standing before you as a mirror. I am the mirror who will show you who you are. And if you realize who you are, then if you want rest, separate yourself from sin. And it's an opportunity uh, when, when, when we, we read the, the gospel of the Samaritan woman to examine ourselves, to ask Christ to meet us on a daily basis, to have our own well in our inner room, open up our Bibles, open up uh, our Agbayas, stand before him and ask him to meet us face to face as he encountered the Samaritan woman. Meet us face to face and reveal to us our weaknesses. Tell us who it is or what it is that we're trying to, to take to fill the void in our heart, what it is we're trying to take to satisfy us. And when he reveals this to us, it's very simple. We just ask him for forgiveness. We try to stop. We struggle to stop because we realize that we will always thirst if uh, we continue on this path. And even if we have a tendency or a habit, sometimes we feel like I have a habit, I can't stop. I have a tendency to always commit a certain sin. Um, all I have to do is stand before him and say, Lord, I can't overcome. I need your strength. I need your grace. I need you to help me. And when we do that, when we struggle, this is this pleases him. If we struggle to the last breath, this is what pleases the Lord. There's a story of a monk who used to uh, have a warfare. He, 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 uh, he was fought with, with uh, lustful thoughts and stuff. And it, it went on for a very long time. For, for, it went on for, for a number of years. And um, it went on for three years. And, and he would go to his spiritual father of confession and ask for advice. And he would say, just go, ask for forgiveness, uh, repent, and, and it's fine. And so every time he would sin, he would get up, stand before God, say, Lord, I know that you are merciful and I am a sinner. And I and my sin am not worthy to stand before you, but you and your mercy help me. Help me arise from my sin. Give me strength. Give me grace. And he would do this repeatedly. And after three years, um, the devil came to him and he said to him, aren't you ashamed to stand before God every time you sin and say the same thing over and over again? Aren't you ashamed to always ask forgiveness for the same sin? And this is a fight that comes to all of us. We all get fought with this idea of, I'm going to say this again to the Lord. I'm going to repent about this same sin again. I'm going to go to Abuna and confess the same sin again. And so this is the devil working. And so he answered the devil and he said, look, you come to me with what you have and I'll come to you with what I have. You come to me and you fight me with sin and I come to you and I fight you with the love of God and his mercy and the power of his resurrection and let us see who wins. And from that moment on, after those three years when this happened, that fight never came to him again. He was relieved because the devil was terrified by the, the thought that this man, this monk, had such strong hope in the love of God and the power of his resurrection in his life. And it was later revealed that uh, this monk had received three crowns for each of the three years that he struggled against uh, sin and that he fought. Even when he sinned, he was able to get up and ask for repentance. And this is what the Lord asks of us. He asks of us to always uh, struggle and repent. He's not asking us, of us to, to be perfect. We're, none of us are born perfect. And so um, we need to remember that through the power of resurrection, we are given 
um, the ability to, to look up to Christ and say, Lord, forgive me, help me rise from my death. Because like we said, baptism, we die with Christ and rise again, but every time we sin, we die again. But through repentance, we are made alive again. The fathers say that repentance is the renewal of baptism. And so we renew our baptism every time we repent. And so just like sin leads to death, repentance leads to resurrection in my life. And when I live a life of repentance, then I experience the power of the resurrection in my life. And I fulfill that verse in, in Ephesians where St. Paul says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. When I awake from my sleep, from this, this darkness that I am in, and I arise from my death through repentance, then the light of Christ shines in me. And then I'm able to do what the Samaritan woman did. I'm able to go and spread the word. I'm able to go and spread the joy. She went and spread the joy to others. Through the light of Christ, her, her, her faith was perfected. She came to understand who the Messiah is. It was a gradual process, but once she let go of what, what she thought could please her, she was enlightened. And so we also become enlightened when we live a life of, of repentance. May the Lord grant us uh, this, this wisdom and, and uh, the, the courage to struggle in our life to live like she did, a life of, of repentance, that the light of Christ may shine upon us and that the power of the resurrection may have a true effect in our lives and that we may go spread it to others and glory be to our God forever. Amen.